0: The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So
1: listen with headphones.
2: Or don't. We don't judge.
1: Have you ever wished that your world had more magic?
2: Or that your favorite character had survived?
1: How about a full-length spin-off of your favorite childhood series?
2: Then do we have a podcast for you?
1: Hello, Fire Whiskers. I'm Claire.
2: And I'm Kat.
1: And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length potter fan fiction.
2: The Debt of Time.
1: Each episode, we read a chapter of this story.
2: And try to stay on topic. Which is easier said than done. Without further ado, here's this week's chapter of The Debt of Time. All right. Bitching ass head and
0: hole. <laughs>
1: That's my favorite thing you say. I just, now, now I remember why we know that Hannah Beth has never seen love actually, because every time you say ass headed hole, she's like, huh? So, um, Hello, fire whiskers. A uh, quick update on Patreon content. We know we're behind. We do have a very tight recording schedule this week to try and knock some of that stuff out, including forcing Hannah Beth to watch Love Actually for the first time. It has been something of a hassle because uh, technology has gotten too smart for us. And if we try to watch on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, any of those, uh, they'll show the subtitles, but they will not show the actual video um that being said i have ways of getting around that that i will not be fully explaining for reasons um that being said uh i do probably should clear with my
3: husband that i can in fact do that tomorrow
1: yes yes probably anyway that that would be good um also shout out to my child uh Uh, vacation was good for him okay number one uh, and i know baby jar baby jar baby jar if you don't like hearing baby stuff skip ahead by like a couple of minutes uh number one uh the trip to key west was fantastic exactly what i needed i okay first off um all right everybody else say hi so that the people know that it's not just me here
0: hi fire whiskers (laughs) yeah it's not the claire show
1: it's not the claire show it, it, it kind we of, should
3: never it, we should never do the math on how much people talk versus each other because it's not it,
1: pretty it's, it's gotta be at least seventy-five percent me, and I feel like that's way low balling it, but it's cause I read the story. Probably. Yeah. But um that being said, I have enjoyed seeing all of the Spotify unwrapped and um shout out to one of our listeners who listened to this podcast. Not all podcasts, this podcast. For the equivalent of twenty-eight days this year, I think it was forty-one thousand minutes or something wild like that. And um, yeah, a so, number of people, so
3: tag us if you post your stuff Yes. we want to see please, it. Please,
1: we want to see it. We are super impressed. But the thing that stuck out to me though is how many people said that we helped with their depression and we calmed their ADHD goblin brains and provided social support when they needed it, Um, and this episode, I'm hoping, won't be delayed. Hopefully, Hannah Beth can pull some magic. Um, If it is delayed, so be it. Um, But uh, the reason this... But tonight's recording uh, was actually supposed to start about 40 minutes ago, but um, I had someone call me. Well, they didn't call me. They texted me. And I have been this person's person for a number of years and um, they have dealt with depression for the majority of their life since hitting adolescence. It's just, it's in the blood. Um, And that's, I just want to take a second to remind people that the brain is an organ and organs malfunction all the time. It's where diabetes comes from, hypothyroidism, all sorts of things where an organ in your body produces the wrong amount of the stuff it's supposed to produce or in the wrong balance and that causes your body to act weird the brain is no different and when you are hit with the you know if you've dealt with depression you know exactly what i'm talking about and i want you to remember as i reminded this person who i love dearly uh earlier Your brain is a liar if it is telling you that you are not worthy, that you are not good, that you are not worthwhile. If your brain is telling you that, call somebody you trust, call somebody you care about, and let them remind you that your brain is lying.
2: Or call
3: the suicide prevention hotline, which is not just about suicide, but it's 988. It's a three-digit number now, so you don't have to find the whole damn thing. Use that too.
1: It's a resource there for you. Yeah. And the people sitting there are literally waiting for someone like you to call so they can talk to you and help you feel better. So that that is literally all they are there for. You are not inconveniencing anyone. That is what they are there for. And they are doing it because they care about the people who deal with that. So if you are having a hard time, I want you to know that no matter what you think you have done, you make somebody's life better. And if you weren't there anymore, their life would be less bright. So, reach out to those people. Let them remind you that you are important, that you are needed, that they love you. And remind yourself that they're telling the truth and your brain is lying. All right.
0: Also, we think you're great. An influencer that I follow on Instagram recently went on an Instagram story, not really a rant, but gave us a pep talk. The holidays are not always a happy season for a lot of people. True so, facts. And she and she mentioned the depression and the anxiety and everything. So it's like especially during this time of year, like if it's not happy for you, that's okay. That's but okay. Don't don't let the muggles get you down. Appreciate and don't and and like it's okay for not everything to be
3: happy, with, but that don't that doesn't mean that like the thing that makes you sad has to steal your joy as a whole in this time of year. Preach Either. It. Yeah. um also we're sorry for our part of make adding to that seasonal depression from last week's episode i hope everybody's oh. recovered and had a uh, <clears throat> yes, a glass uh, of wine or something or, <laughs>
0: <chocolate>, <laughs> or whatever or, or
3: whatever thing that gets
1: you to feel better cat videos on tiktok literally whatever um i do not recommend unless you are okay with a little bit of terror with your happiness the two-legged britney dog that walks around on its hind legs that one kind of creeps me out, but it also is just very cute because this dog doesn't have front legs, so it walks around on its hind legs and you just see it as like a ghost walking past a dark door and it's just, it's super creepy, but it also just makes me giggle. Um, but, uh,
0: anyhow. Oh, and speaking of the brain, I want to bring something up that I found recently Ooh. that I think is fantastic and I have never heard of and I think more places need to do this. this says the person with need. the PhD about brain stuff.
1: Yeah, no
3: kidding.
0: Well, Whatever. So there's this, this woman I used to bowl with, she's a realtor in Ocala, and I'm helping her with her real estate social media. So there's this one page that I follow now to repost things for her, and it's called Fun for Ocala Kids, and it's the number four, not the word. So for Christmas time this year... And you, there's a link where you can, like, register for this, but they're doing something called Sensitive Santa, where you can register and get scheduled, and you can have a private photo experience for kids and family with a sensory-friendly environment for those kids who may experience, like, anxiety being around other kids and stuff, and for special needs and everything. And I was like, oh my god, I have never heard of that. It's at some mall up there. And I was like... That is the coolest thing I've ever heard of, and that's amazing. more people need to do that. Yeah, um, they need to
1: do I that I immediately more. already have a list of people I need to talk to who can make that happen in other places.
0: Yeah, oh, like that, that was amazing. And the fact that they call it Sensitive Santa, because I, I saw that, I'm that. like, what is Sensitive Santa? I did have, on
3: this note of vaguely adjacent things, I had a bunch of people today – that were totally horrifying that a I did not grow up with Santa that was not a thing in my house growing up I there was never believing in Santa that was never a thing I had a perfectly magical childhood Santa Christmas was still perfectly magical Santa was around but it was never like you have to believe in Santa I never got presents from Santa like that was never a thing um which my parents logic I think is sound and realistic I uh, as many of you know grew up in a christian household my dad was a pastor um Mm -hmm. and so my parents felt like it was not fair or realistic for somebody whose prefrontal cortex is not fully developed to ask them to believe in this one thing that they will learn eventually is not real and then also ask them to believe in this other thing that they hold as part of their like as part of sacred truth and a part of you know so like Ah. santa and jesus you cannot see them you cannot see any difference but one is definitely fake you know hmm. like and believe like what you want about your own like spirituality or religion and like i have my own journey with that too but like i completely respect that choice like yeah. they didn't yeah. want to intentionally confuse a kid who has a hard time differentiating what is real and what is not
0: mm-hmm.
3: further so anyway i so therefore oh, i don't have a plan to do santa pictures with my kids so people are acting like i've totally gipped my child of this lifetime experience because i'm not going to take pictures with santa i don't know a singular person who has only happy pictures with santa almost everybody i know has like completely horrified totally freaked out pictures with santa and i'm
1: like that's cruel no, I, right i see like part of me is like hey, it's Funny, but no, it's not. It's not funny. They look terrified. Yeah.
3: Like,
1: as a parent, I will 100% take pictures of my kid throwing a tantrum because he doesn't know where he's mad that his cracker is gone. And the reason his cracker is gone is because he ate it. And I think that's hilarious. Totally. But I I also snap the picture and immediately go, hey, buddy, you're feeling some big feelings. Let's work through those. Totally. Um, but, like, no, if you don't want to raise your kid with Santa, and I've seen a number of reasons for not doing it, I respect it. My only request is that you respect other people. Oh, totally. Seen- I,
3: we, like, I was definitely, like, I have a very distinct memory of my mom pulling me aside when I was in kindergarten and being like, okay, because I figured it out. We just, it was just never addressed. Like, it just never was a thing. It wasn't yeah. not not a thing. But it also wasn't a thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And so I have a very distinct memory of my mom pulling me aside in kindergarten after I asked her, Santa's not real, right? Like, it's just, like, this thing that parents kind of do or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, I have a distinct memory of her being like, yes. But other kids believe that. So you need to chill and, like, don't spoil a surprise for them because it's a surprise for them.
1: Yeah. Um, I uh, I figured it out because... There was a, uh, I think the receipt from my Muan movie got tucked into the dust jacket of the VHS. And um, so I found it. And I was like, Santa doesn't need receipts. <laughs> I pulled a group of probably four or five friends. And I did not tell my parents that I had found it. I pulled a group of four or five friends onto the porch. And I was like, guys, I don't think Santa's real. My mother... Ripped me out of that room and was like, Don't you dare. And she was like, guys, Claire misunderstood something. You know, ignore it. Talk to your parents. You know, you're fine. You're fine. Ignore what she just said. Uh, she misunderstood something. And she pulled me to the side and she's like, if you don't believe, that's okay. But you are not going to ruin this for other kids and I was like okay and and I and I respected that and my mom also made the point she was like you can say Santa's not real and then you don't get any presents from him and I was like and she held that until we were like I mean till today like when I was doing Christmas at their house in my 20s my mom was like you can say Santa's not real and all those presents will go away and I'm like really and she's like want to play and I was like okay fine Santa's real
3: and it was just like it was cute but like it it was also like my parents wanted credit and also like the (gasps) disparity of like Santa brings this kid an Xbox but brings this Mm. kid socks like that's not fair or fun so it was just like it just just wasn't a thing for us growing up
1: see that's sort of where I am Santa's gonna bring small fun gifts big gifts oh no I get the credit for that shit Santa's going to bring like stocking stuffers and like a book and some like small stuff. Um, But I also I'm kind of looking forward to when he doesn't believe because I'm going to like take him to Starbucks, let him get an actual coffee. and We're going to talk about how we're all Santas and we mm-hmm. all get to play the role of bringing magic into Christmas. Yeah. And then he gets to p- pick someone that he wants to be Santa for. And we're going to go buy them a present and we're not going to sign our names and we're going to give it to them yeah. and let them be happy and just. And focus on the joy of giving. Yeah, absolutely. So, but that's. that's it's sort also of... why
3: I'm not doing Elf on a Shelf, because that shit creeps me oh, out. Oh, no, I'm no, sorry. absolutely not.
1: You don't invite the Faye into your house. <laughs> you don't invite the Faye into your house, period, the end. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. If my kid tries to do that, I'm going to teach him how to cleanse the house with sound.
3: Okay, but <laughs> back to the sensitive Santa thing. I really love that they're like creating opportunities for families who do want that and participate in that because so many kids end up looking traumatized when they meet Mm -hmm. santa and i hate that yeah
1: um i did do i did do santa pictures this year with james and um i tried to put him on santa's lap he immediately started crying and santa kind of looked at me and there was no line and i was like let me just take him calm him down and i calmed him down and we introduced each other and we did high fives and we got to know santa a little bit and then i was like you want to go sit on santa's lap and i kind of like just went backwards and i He looked at me, and it was very safe and was very happy, and it was great. But, like, no, don't – if your kid's upset, comfort them. That's my only judgmental parent competent. When your kid is upset, comfort them. I don't think that's terribly comfortable. And not shame them. And not shame them. Which is – yeah. But that being said, what had happened was – Everybody cried. Everybody cried.
0: Yeah, I have a question, but I don't feel like talking about baby stuff anymore, so it's like my that for that's a different right. day. Okay, so, from what I remember, because I have been lazy and have not been writing oh, shit down. sorry.
3: Whoa, sorry. That just processed way too slow. you had a question about what had happened was, and then couldn't figure out what that had to do with baby stuff.
0: <laughs> like, no, I have a question <laughs> about the baby stuff, but I don't feel like talking about it. I know. My it.
3: brain got important. there eventually. It just couldn't figure out what. Okay, anyway. Yeah. What had happened was...
0: <laughs> okay. So, from what I remember, there was something about... I guess they went to the cemetery to visit James and Lily's graves. And then everybody started crying. And then there was a point where... What was it? Oh, when they were... um. Oh, God. I forgot. Oh, were they, like, the Forbidden Forest or something? Because the, um, what's-his-face showed up? Friends? Yeah, so... when you say his name? Uh, yeah. Friends, yeah. And, and yeah. Rowan. And then there was a point where... What is she now? Maya or Hermione? I Maya. Either way. Yeah. So she was, like, obsessed with trying to get the Resurrection Stone to, like, come to her. And then, I guess, eventually, at the end, her and... What was it? Remus got matching tattoos or something. Harry. Or got tattoos did you, together.
3: Did you understand why she went to the Forbidden Forest?
0: Not really. Okay,
3: so in canon, like in the seventh book, Harry, because they have he has all of the Hallows right at the end.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and he, the whole scene where he talks to his parents and Jane and uh, Sirius, they're all like there. Um, that scene happens in canon and then after that, Harry drops the stone in the middle of the forest where somebody can't find it, where it's like just another rock in the forbidden forest. So somebody isn't gathering the hallows again. Like is that is the ultimate idea. So in Dead of Time, the difference is he told everybody that's what he did, but he actually kept the stone, but he didn't tell anybody that he kept it. So he, so Maya knew that he had dropped it, quote unquote, so she went to go find it and was trying to find it using Akio, but then obviously it wasn't coming because it wasn't in the forest.
2: Yeah. Got it.
3: So that's what happened. So then she and Harry bonded over being, over him being her brother because she just wanted her brother. He was like, I'm right here. Yeah. And so they went and got House Potter tattoos. Yes. So. Courage and
1: craft. Which is on,
3: which is what's on the bracelet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I remember that part. Okay.
1: So, but yeah, and, and she got to talk to her brother and she apologized, and he was like, "No, no, no, you tried to tell us, we just didn't listen." This episode is sponsored in part by Beating Kit Kat. Beating Kit Kat has a store on Etsy where she has Debt of Time jewelry, including the Grandmother Black's opal ring, as well as Patronus pendants and others. Check her out, I'm sure you'll love it. All of her jewelry is currently 15% off for Christmas. And if you use the discount code FWHPOD, you get an additional $10 off. If you'd like the link to Beating Kit Kat on Etsy, check our show notes. Chapter 143. Breaking Walls. November 8th, 1998. Maya was smiling as the crowd of them gathered in front of the Hogwarts Express to send off their friends and family for one final year. Plenty of people had taken to staring, but she encouraged everyone to ignore them. It was not as though Rita Skeeter was buzzing around looking for ways to expose every detail of their private lives. The Daily Prophet had taken to being completely silent in regards to the Golden Trio, Sirius, and the Malfoys. Maya had made a point to have a meeting with Witch Weekly, with Narcissa and Laurel in tow, to befriend the editor-in-chief. All publicity was tightly controlled now, which was exactly how she planned it okay a little scary and like mob style but i like it also i apologize if i sound a little funky guys i've got a stupid sinus infection because airplanes are stupid as ron approached her carrying a trunk behind him maya smiled hey mayany he said nervously don't look so sad ron it had been weeks earlier when he finally made his way back to grim place hanging his head in shame as he begged sirius to speak to her Sirius had growled, protectively, which Maya said was hardly necessary as Ron had been properly afraid of her himself when he thought she was his muggle-born swatty best friend. When finally left alone, Ron fell into a long-winded apology for his behavior, not just during their last encounter, but over the years that preceded it. You were right. I did rely on you and Harry. I just, I didn't know how much. He looked down and sighed loudly. What happened? I failed my exams, he confessed, with a defeated shrug. All of them, Kingsley said. It. Because of what I did in the war, he could pull a few more strings, but I failed. I'd be a terrible whore if I let Kingsley just open all the doors for me. I'd end up dead, or worse, I could get somebody else killed. I don't know what to do now. Maybe Fred and George will give me a job.
3: Okay, but like, or worse expelled? No? Okay. <laughs>
1: Yep, okay, glad I'm not the only one who thought that. Maya sighed, feeling sympathy for her childhood friend and recalling all the times over the past she had hoped he had come to some sort of realization like this, but only ended up halfway. Now, it appeared that everything was finally clicking into place, and he was ready to listen. Really listen. "'Can I offer you some advice?' He nodded enthusiastically. "'Of course.' She took a breath and smiled. I think you should go back to Hogwarts. Ron winced. But you and Harry said you aren't. Exactly, she said, cutting him off. Ron, you've spent your whole life living in the shadows of your brothers, and then you spent seven years being Harry Potter's best friend. You got through classes because I did your homework and helped you revise, and you got out of trouble because you were friends with the Chosen One. Ron chuckled lightly, scratching at the back of his neck. To be fair, I got into a lot of trouble for being friends with the Chosen One, too.
0: He almost died several times, too. Yeah,
1: no shit. (sighs) Maya laughed, feeling a weight lift from her heart. We both did. She smiled, pleased to see that there was a hint of true reconciliation between them. I think you should go back. Make a name for yourself without Harry to steal your thunder and without me to catch you when you fall. I don't know. I'd be there with only Ginny, Neville, and Luna. Then make new friends. Expand to the other houses. He rolled his eyes and groaned. You just want me to be friends with Slytherins. Maya quirked her lips and nodded. Honestly, I think it would be good if you did. And being civil to at least a handful of them is a requirement of my forgiveness. Ron smiled at her in wry understanding, but then added, Can I at least pick which ones? Is it always going to be like this? Harry asked as he frowned, glancing at the few members of the press who were aiming cameras at their group, some yelling out his name to try and get them to look their way. Maya promised him that nothing would be printed without her consent. I'm dreading the day I have to bring my kids here. Oi! Jenny smacked him on the arm. I'm not even on the train yet. Can you plan our future family when I've at least graduated? Harry blushed red. I, um, <clears throat> I, I wasn't. <clears throat> because it... She laughed at his mumbling and threw herself into his arms. I'm gonna miss you, git, she said before kissing him, grinning against his mouth when he spun her round. Maya smiled haughtily when she noticed the camera flashes. She could see the headlines now. Chosen one supports girlfriend while she seeks education. You and I apparently agree on something, Potter. Draco drawled as he approached the group. Astoria's small hand wrapped around his arm. His gray eyes flickered to the photographers and staring crowd. The photographers really are a bit much. Are they expecting us to fall back into old patterns and start cursing one another? Harry scoffed. For the record, I only ever threw jinxes. Draco sneered at him. Scars on my chest say otherwise. Before Harry had a chance to fall into an embarrassing apology or Draco had a chance to snap at him loudly, Maya stepped between the pair and smiled sweetly at Draco. Maybe you could tattoo Astoria's name over it, she suggested, with a grin. Draco smirked and looked down at the witch on his arm, reaching forward and placing his index finger under her chin to force her to look up at him. Would you like that pet? he asked, and grinned when her cheeks colored. <clears throat>
3: Hmm. Okay, but like, why is Draco calling fill in the blank significant other pet in fanfic like a general trope? Also, no why pet. is it hot
1: only from it? <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure if anybody actually called me pet, I'd deck them in the face.
3: Yes, but when he does it in fix, I'm like, mm. okay, oh, hi, oh, what's up? Hi. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's all about the context, people. I mean, normally when you call somebody a piggy, that's not very nice. But because I snort when I laugh, Kenny goes, there's my little piggy. So <laughs> it's all in the context. And I don't actually mind it because he says it in a cute way and he doesn't mean that I'm fat. That's like,
3: adorable. See? That's real cute. So it's all God about damn context. It. <laughs>
0: see, Jimmy It's just not past- what you say, it's how you say it. Okay, but,
3: but, the but. But the impression of Pet is that he is super dumb, right? Yes? Uh-huh. No? Okay, uh-huh. great. Moving uh-huh. on. We don't need to get into King Talk right <laughs> now. Let's
1: <laughs> move on. With our but I do want to do a real quick thing on Piggy and pigs. Um, so this is going to make sense, I promise. I obviously went to Key West for a week last week. And um, leading up to the trip, uh, without explaining too much about my you know private relationship i did kind of make a comment about i know trips are really stressful can we you know try to limit that on our end and my husband made a comment to the effect of no the reason these trips are stressful is because of you and i'm like what and he was like you spend two weeks stressing out that somebody is going to say something critical and then when we get there you're on the defense, waiting for somebody to say something critical. And when they do, you immediately think you're proven right and you just want to go home. And I was like, oh, oh. And so we went on the trip and I didn't look for criticism. I looked for people to be happy and excited and joyful. And that's exactly what I saw. So um, you find what you're looking for. And uh, when I was looking for, you know, pride and Joy, that's what I found. And, you know, if you look for the worst in people, you're never disappointed. Um, If you look for the best in people, I I think it's also kind of rare that you get disappointed, unless they're a bad person, in which case you're going to be disappointed. But um, that being said, at the end of the trip, I mentioned, I was like, that was a really good trip. Like, it was the lowest stress trip we've ever had. And he just kind of patted me on the head and he goes, that'll do, pig. That'll do and he does that to me sometimes like when i finally follow his advice and i'm like wow it worked he's like that'll do pig that'll do. And it sounds super derogatory but babe is one of my favorite movies <laughs> so it
0: doesn't sound like
3: derogatory a, if you know the story of babe
1: yeah so it's just one of those yeah it's it sounds bad if you just hear him say that'll do pig that'll do but it's actually really no it cute. just sounds
3: like a babe reference
1: yeah it's a babe reference so it makes me laugh. I would. A story. Wait.
0: What in the world are you doing? You just skipped like two sections. Yeah, he, she really did. You have to start it before Harry had a chance to fall. Yep. No, no,
1: because we ended with, would you like that pet? Oh,
0: yeah, you're right.
1: I know I'm right.
0: Okay. Okay. Never mind. Key was high school education. I can't <laughs> read <laughs> To
3: be fair, I had also thought she had skipped that paragraph.
1: Astoria began, and then took a breath and a pause before collecting herself. I would like for you to put my trunk on the train for me, she said, with an equally Malfoyish twitch of her lips. Draco grinned at her and leaned forward to kiss her cheek, ignoring the flashing cameras again. Malfoy heir, desperately in love with fiance. He's already taking orders? Maya asked Astoria as she watched Draco take a hold of her trunk and move it towards the train. Well done. Astoria smiled sweetly at Maya. Thank you for everything, she said, a genuine appreciation in her eyes. He picked you, I didn't. Daphne's still a bit jealous, Astoria whispered. It's the first time I've ever gotten something before her. He's a spoilt prat, Daphne declared, sounding only slightly bitter over her younger sister's engagement. And he looks like a girl. "'She added petulantly, as she watched Draco use his wand "'to levitate Astoria's trunk onto the Hogwarts Express with grace. "'I bet he could wear my clothes. "'Seekers are always so slender. "'I'd like a man with a little bit more muscle.' "'Hey!' Harry said, offended. "'Are you opposed to redheads?' Maya asked, "'with a devious smile as her eyes turned to watch Ron "'say goodbye to his family a few feet away "'before returning to their group.' Daphne followed Maya's gaze until her attention landed on Ron. She looked over curiously and turned her attention back to Maya. Don't the Weasleys hate Slytherins? He's promised to me that he'll be expanding his social circle this year. I'm sad to say I don't think he's very accustomed to being social with others, girls specifically. Perhaps you could help him navigate the waters? A Weasley, hmm. That would fit into father's requirements and still piss him off a bit. It would also make Ron and Draco brothers-in-law, Maya pointed out. Daphne's blue eyes lit up and a wicked grin crossed her face. Oh, that's positively evil. I love it. Maya smiled as she touched Daphne's arm. Hey, be nice to him, but don't let him get away with a single thing, she insisted, and then turned toward her friend. "'Ron, I'd like you to meet Daphne. "'She's the daughter of my friend, Laurel.' "'Ron stared at the girl. "'Er... "'Hi.' "'Daphne smiled brightly at him. "'Hello, Ronald. "'It's a pleasure to finally meet you. "'Silly how we've attended school for so many years together, "'and only now meet face to face. "'I just appreciate that yours, Harry's, and Maya's war efforts "'will help erase ridiculous house prejudices. "'Don't you?' "'Um... "'Yes?' Well, we've never officially met. I have watched you play Quidditch. Ron's face turned pink, and he gave Daphne a lopsided grin. You have? Why wouldn't I? You're brilliant. Don't oversell it, Maya muttered under her breath. Would you be a dear and help me with my trunk? Daphne asked, with a pretty frown. It's very heavy. Ron raised a confused eyebrow. Can't you just use your wand to... Ow! He winced, as Maya elbowed him in the ribs. Understanding finally reached his eyes, and his blush deepened. Oh, um <clears throat> yeah, I can get it for you. Daphne lightly touched his shoulder when he reached for her trunk, and Ron stared at her hand, eyes wide. Thanks so much, she said sweetly. Can I save you a seat inside? Really? Ron swallowed. I <clears throat> yeah, that that'd be great. Bye, Maya, Daphne said, and smiled as she pulled her sister onto the train after Draco spent a good thirty seconds bent over Astoria's hand, kissing her knuckles for the flashing cameras. Ron rubbed the back of his neck as he approached Maya after putting Daphne's trunk on the train. Y- you are sure she's a Slytherin? Maya chuckled in amusement. I've never been more certain. Well, maybe they're not all rotters, he conceded for a moment, but then glared as Draco approached him. This one, however. Remember my rules, Maya said sternly. Weasel, Draco said looking at Ron. Ferret. Boys, Maya hissed. Draco sighed dramatically, hands in the pockets of his tailored trousers, looking relaxed, even as put together as he was. It was a trait Maya attributed to the Black family genes. Lucius Malfoy was always annoyingly stiff. Looking back at Sirius, who was leaning against the wall talking with Harry, and trying to hide the cigarette in his hand, she decided that, yes, the relaxed manner was certainly a black family trait. Weasley, Draco said, as though it were uncomfortable to have the name roll over his tongue. I won't be returning to Hogwarts, as it is my responsibility to look after the safety of Astoria. I find myself in a position where I could use your... Assistance in keeping an eye on her, "'or, more likely, keeping an eye and well-aimed wand "'on those who might seek to do her harm "'for being associated with me. "'Maya sucked in a breath, shocked that Draco was able "'to get through the whole speech without a single insult. "'You can aim a wand, can't you?' "'Almost,' Maya sighed, and pinched the bridge of her nose. "'Ron was smirking. "'You want a favour, Malfoy, from me?' Ron was smirking. You want a favor, Malfoy, from me? Draco narrowed his eyes. I wouldn't call it that. Fine. Ron shrugged when Maya gave them both warning looks. I'll look after your girlfriend. Fiancé. Draco corrected. Whatever, Malfoy. Maya sighed in relief. Now, shake hands. What? (laughs) All I can hear in my head is, now kiss both turned and stared at her it's proper you've just made a deal with one another you don't have to be friends but this is at the very least a truce she said stepping back to allow them room begrudgingly both wizards decided to take the high road and shake hands cameras flashed Maya grinned house prejudices put aside war heroes set example for us all Draco scowled at Maya are you happy I will be, once you do the same thing with Harry. May I ask what you are doing with Astoria's sister and Weasley? Nothing important, she insisted. Just making sure I don't ever have to tolerate lavender brown for Sunday dinners at the borough.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> Puke in my eggs.
2: <laughs> Puke
0: in my eggs. <laughs> one?
2: would you like more French toast? one. <laughs>
1: You're never going to let the wan-wan go. Oh, wow, um,
3: she's really good at since that Since we have voice. a quick break before
1: entering into Christmas. Well-timed, team. Cat, um, I believe you had a story about locking all your shit in a car?
0: So, I brought my purse and my lunchbox down this morning. And I put my purse in the car on the passenger seat. Now, I didn't close the door like fully i just did that little thing where you just like where it's a jar i guess i don't know like the door is closed but it's not fully closed you know what i mean mm-hmm. so my in my purse i had my phone and my car keys and my wallet like everything was in there so i took my lunchbox i went to the fridge that in the freezer that we have downstairs and i grabbed my food put it in my lunchbox i went back to the car the door would not open And I was freaking out because I was like, my phone is in the car. I don't have anybody's numbers memorized. There's no way I can tell anybody that I'm going to be late for work unless I go upstairs, jump on my computer, get on Facebook, text Kenny, and be like, tell your mom to tell him that I, (laughs) like, I I was freaking out. My dad was in the shower and I was like, Jesus Christ, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I was like, wait, there's a spare key so I went into upstairs and I was like, I woke my mom because she was still sleeping. And I was like, where's your spare key? So she told me where it is. I went downstairs. I pressed unlocked and it unlocked. And I was like, Jesus, <laughs> I was freaking out because I was oh. supposed to do that thing this morning. And I was like, oh, my God. Spare I'm key like- to the car.
3: I was like, how did yeah. you get back in the house? No,
0: spare key that. to the car, yeah. Yeah, barricaded the car because I parked in the garage so I could get back in the house. It was no issue. But like, I was freaking out. And then I realized I have done this. For so long, I have done the door thing forever and it's never done this because I have a key fob. And from my understanding, those things aren't supposed to lock the door when they're in the car because they have a sensor or whatever. But then I realized that when Hurricane Ian came, there's a little bit of water that got in the car. Mm -hmm. So I kind of think that the electrical did something and that's why it did it. So I was just like, okay, well, next time we're getting our lunch before we put our crap in the car. It's like, yeah, I'm getting locked in bathroom stalls. Now I'm getting locked out of the car. It's like, I don't know. I'm like I have bathroom phobia now. <laughs> like every time there's like a bathroom that's like, oh, just a bathroom with a door. I'm like, yeah, I can't lock this. I'm afraid. <laughs> Especially when there's no windows in there. I'm like, trauma I I have to pee to really quickly. If somebody sees my butt, I don't care. I have trauma from bathrooms now. <laughs> Yeah. It was intense. And then I was like, well, at least I know my new deodorant is working because my shirt wasn't soaked through from sweating with nervousness.
3: (laughs) Okay, so what deodorant did you
1: use? Yeah.
0: I have a new deodorant because I don't believe in antiperspirant because of the studies about how they say that it gives you cancer because it, like, sure. blocks your whatever. Right. So I got this new kind that I recently heard about that doesn't have any bad crap in it and has the activated charcoal. Mm-hmm. So it, like, keeps you from sweating, like, naturally, or you sweat a little bit but not that much and, like, gets rid of, like, the odor.
3: Right. So what what is, what is it called?
0: Um... I believe, hold on, let me look it up because I don't want to get the name wrong. And for some reason, they only sell mini sizes. I don't know why, but I guess it's because they just came out. Because in the pictures, it looks like it's a full size, but it's not. It's like a little mini travel size, and I I don't get it. But it's called Nez, N-E-Z. Hmm. Yeah, I, I dig it. I gave one to my dad because they for some reason, they make you buy three. Hmm. Like you get to pick your scent, but it's three for 20 bucks.
1: It's not bad. Yeah. Given how but expensive I, the odor it is.
0: Yeah. So I was just trying it, but I, I like it. It smells pretty good.
1: Good. Yeah. Uh Jimmy tried my unscented Lumi and uh wanted to know why I was using something that smelled so fucking atrocious.
0: I know, it smells so bad. It's like all <laughs> those commercials it? about how they're like, you should put it by your vagina after because it makes it smell good. And I'm like. I didn't like the scented ones.
1: The unscented one does smell horrific when it first comes out. Once it dries, it's fine. You don't smell anything. And then you don't – you literally smell like nothing for, you know, 72 hours or, you know, however long you have. Yeah, and the
0: commercials, like, encourage you to, like, put it on your downstairs. And I'm just like, It kills bacteria. Oh. I was like –
1: I put it under the boobs.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, I've I've tried that. It smells so bad
1: when it dries it's fine i didn't it's like
0: stale like chinese food <laughs> i just thought it smells like feel like this is like, like the weirdest really way invisible. to get
1: deodorant
3: sponsors anyway i do like <laughs> the dead of time. The ads.
1: they got me with the ads all right
3: i yeah, the dead of time. i december, same with native deodorant that's why i use theirs
1: anyway i didn't native didn't work for me but anyway december 25th 1998 oh that was a good year for christmas anyway Holidays were all too quickly upon them, and no sooner had they sent their friends and family off to Hogwarts, they were returning for Christmas. Sirius, as usual, had gone all out, bringing home the largest Christmas tree he could find. Though he denied it strongly, Maya could not help but be suspicious that he had stolen one of the trees that Hagrid used to set up inside the Great Hall. The entire- oh Hagrid.
0: Mm. Oh, by the way, next time we go on a tangent, remind me to tell you about my hats for bananas.
1: Hey, I think I actually know where you're going with that, but we'll continue.
0: It's not a dick joke. It's actually for me. <laughs> no,
1: I, I, I am aware. I, I, I think I'm scooping what you're pooping, but we'll see when we get to the next tangent break. Let's do it.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, fuck
1: it. Yeah. What are your banana hats?
0: So I watched Shark Tank and I saw this product. They're called Nana Hats. <laughs> So they give you this little plastic thing to put over your banana, and they sell cute little hats to put over the plastic thing, so it's cute. So my dad bought me unicorn hats for our bananas, and it makes them last longer. So when they came in, we bought a bunch of bananas, and they've actually lasted longer with with uh, like with the hat than they do without because of the gases or whatever that releases from the banana stem but they have all different kinds of little hats like they got unicorns and like i think octopus and like all these cute things and one of the sharks that went in on it i believe he's actually from england so they're supposed to be like big overseas too but i was just like these are the cutest things and they're making your bananas last longer and like yeah nana hat oh my god they're so cute okay but like, i know aren't they <laughs> but
3: like
1: Oh God! There's Answer a fucking the word panda penis. One.
3: Every time you said banana, <laughs> it's now suddenly a thing about erections. Okay, thank you.
0: Anyway, the dinner time. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they're so cute, aren't they? Like, and they make your—they literally do work. Like, they literally make your bananas last longer.
1: I definitely just bought a Viking one. Okay. Oh anyway. No. Yeah, right, and the, a panda. the, I have the, to get
0: the plastic things come in different sizes but, in case the bunches are big or small. Okay, that's
3: cool. Is this? Is this that TikTok audio from like six months ago that's like holy shit, it's so cute. Capitalism really popped off today. <laughs> yeah, basically.
1: <laughs> I was supposed to use that for the hair the trip to Harry Potter World, but we never found anything to do it with. We, we
3: didn't kind of have bombed. any good merch that we could do it with.
1: No. And scene.
2: That's not what anyway. we say, Claire. There you go.
1: Anyway. Oh, the so dead strange. time. The entire Weasley clan stayed the night at number twelve, and they all opened presents in the early morning hours, while Molly took to the kitchen to fix up a feast for everyone. Ooh, I have to share my strata recipe with you all. Teddy was the very center of attention, his black hair matching Harry's. He helped him tear into each and every new present, including a brand new training broom, much to the worry of Maya and Remus, who were apparently the only adults who thought the gift was inappropriate for a child who had not yet turned one. Sirius let loose several screaming mistletoe to warn everyone any time Harry and Ginny were alone together, and, by breakfast, Fred and George were making him a business offer. Harry and Ginny were less than pleased with the new item that would be sold in Weasley's Wizard Wheezes next Christmas, but Ginny managed to dismantle every single one of them, much to the bitter shock of Remus and Maya, who had never been able to do so when they had been the targets years ago.
3: Okay, but I'm a stan for Ginny being smart as fuck. Yes. And also knowing how to undo tricky things,
1: yes, because she grew, she grew up, up with, twins. with all the twin,
3: yeah, all the yeah. Weasleys. Okay,
0: and sorry, but screaming mistletoe—like all I can envision is like when you pull the mandrakes out of the pot, and they scream. That's all I can like yep. hear. In yeah, my head. it was
3: the. Remember, it was during book two when they did Christmas at Potter Manor, and Remus and Maya were dating, and they were set up, and they couldn't. Like any time Maya and, Sir- and Remus were in a room together, they would start like howling at them.
1: Yeah, if they were in a room together alone.
3: Oh yeah, that's right. Sure, so, why the, not? so they couldn't be making out without somebody without Or the reading mistletoe.
1: Or reading. Which or they were really mad about. Um When the Slytherins finally made their appearance, Draco presented each of the black women with a recently engraved family ring to replace the many cursed ones that needed to be disposed of over the years. He also offered a massive emerald-encrusted diamond engagement ring to Astoria, who squealed with delight and hugged him in front of everyone, much to the surprise of Narcissa and the amused grin of Laurel. Before Ron nervously approached Daphne with a bracelet he had saved up for, Maya had to take him aside. Despite being a pureblood, she was concerned her friend might not have been completely aware of the customs and traditions that girls like Daphne would have been taught. Ron gathered up his courage and presented the bracelet to his girlfriend, and she eyed him speculatively before opening it. Daphne smiled, Ron blushed, and Molly fumed from the other side of the room that her son had entered into an understanding with a girl without even discussing it with his parents. The attention was pulled away from Ron for the moment when Flora and Bill announced that she was pregnant, due the first week of May. When are we going to have more babies? Molly casually asked as she sat down in front of Sirius, Maya, Remus, and You don't need any
0: more babies, Molly. You you have enough kids. No, she wants grand <laughs>
1: babies. She wants the babies she can give back to their parents when she's done with them.
0: Oh, okay. That's all. That's way why she she's. That's that. why
3: she's talking to Remus and Sirius wow. and Maya.
0: Oh, well, okay. Well, it's none of your business. <laughs> God damn right.
1: Yep. I, I did have two people go. So, what are you having another one? And my response was, "Are you ponying up the daycare costs?" To which point they were like, "Ha ha ha ha." And I was like, ha, 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 ha. "Seriously. Yeah. Seriously." <laughs> no,
3: seriously. It,
0: it's just like are you like helping me buy a house rocket. to put them Yeah, it's just like when a certain relative of his asked me that, I said, are you going to give me (laughs) $20,000?
1: Yep. And that's why we don't ask. Or or my personal favorite was uh, somebody who had that asked, and she was like, well, I mean, I did. I had like eight, but none of them made it. So, mm, sorry, I guess I'll keep trying. And like the look of horror on that person's face. And I was like, and that's why you don't fucking make those comments, dickhead.
3: I really want to make that. That's a thing sometimes if some yep. stranger at mm-hmm. the grocery store asks me. Mm-hmm. Normally, they're so focused on the fact that my kid has red hair. And, oh, but where did it come from? Because I don't have red hair. Anyway, they so they get preoccupied with that and don't talk about another kid.
1: Uh, must be nice. Uh, my favorite is. He's so cute. You want him to have another one, right? You'd make such beautiful babies. You just need to keep making them. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, you carry them. <laughs>
0: I, I can't wait until I get the stairs. What are you doing with a black child when you are white?
1: Oof. Hey, you don't know, man. Genetics are weird. Uh, a friend of mine had twins. Yeah. One of them is very clearly mixed. The other one looks... Ex- re- un- if you If no one told you that their dad was black, you wouldn't know. If you look at the one twin, it's very clear. But the other one has, like, blonde hair, blue eyes, very pale skin, freckles. And they're twins but yeah,
3: yeah that's t- weird that happened to um friends of ours that had twins and one twin looks like their red-headed freckly mom and the other twin looks like their very hispanic dad yep. <laughs> and it is like oh that one is your kid and this one is your kid <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> genetics are fun Remus paled, and Maya frowned, knowing that despite having a perfectly healthy son, the subject was still a sore spot her friend was working through. Tonks ignored her husband and just shrugged flippantly. "'Whatever happens, happens.' "'We're working on the wedding first, Maya said quickly, before Sirius could imply something inappropriate just to get a rise out of Molly. "'Are you going to have a traditional ceremony?' Luna asked with a smile, wearing a pair of strawberry-shaped earrings that matched the ones Maya was wearing. A Christmas gift from Sirius, though Maya's ruby jewels paled in comparison to Luna's homemade baubles. "'Some parts,' Maya said thoughtfully. "'What exactly is a traditional muggle wedding?' Arthur eagerly asked. Maya cleared her throat. throat) "'Oh, I actually—I meant a traditional wizarding wedding.' Molly gasped, the tray of treacle tarts that she was hovering slanted dangerously towards the carpet. Narcissa, Laurel, and Andromeda looked amused, but pleased. Draco was holding back a chuckle at the confused look on every young weasley face, Harry included. Only Luna seemed completely unaffected. "'I can show you the circle where my parents were bonded. It's not very big, though.
2: I don't think many people would fit.'
1: Thank you, Luna, but as I said, we're doing only parts of a traditional ceremony, Maya emphasized. For instance, instead of a dress, I'll be wearing ritual robes. Molly let out the breath she had obviously been holding. Why is everyone acting so strange? Ron asked. Traditionally, witches married in the nude, Daphne whispered to him, looking slightly worried when he began choking on a mouthful of eggnog. Ooh, egg. (laughs)
0: Squirrel.
1: Let's talk about something else, Maya said, wide-eyed as she covered Sirius's mouth with her hand while he chuckled beside her. How is your father, Luna? Are you going to go back home and finish spending Christmas with him? Oh no, Daddy's tracking down the elusive Tempuselito. They're known for sneaking into clocks and setting the time backward and forward when you're not looking. I'm meeting Neville and Hannah at St Mungo's later. Neville wanted to introduce her to his parents, and I agreed to go along for support. Annabeth is not okay.
0: Tempu Solito, the wizarding version of Despacito.
1: (laughs) I was thinking uh, daylight savings time, but yeah.
0: Oh, I was just thinking ADHD brain
3: and time blindness.
1: (laughs) Fair. Maya frowned, and a deep weight settled in the pit of her stomach. "'Oh, Merlin,' she whispered. "'Alice and Frank, I I didn't even think. "'How could I not think about them? "'Serious, I haven't even thought about visiting—' "'Do you want to go, kitten?' he asked with a frown. "'I'm ashamed to say I haven't gone myself.' "'Maya nodded and swallowed hard as she wiped away the tears from her eyes. "'Luna, Harry, Ginny, Maya, and Sirius left everyone else behind at Grimald Place "'and headed to St. Mungo's to see Neville and his parents.' Remus remained bitter over the fact that he was still not allowed inside the hospital due to his lycanthropy, and Maya put that at the top of her list of things to set straight once she called in Kingsley's life debt, but before that, she had some debts of her own to pay. As the group reached the fifth floor and headed towards the Janus Thickney Ward, Maya felt her heart beat rapidly in her chest. When the doors opened, and she managed to look around at all the people stuck in the hospital due to long-term spell damage, she frowned. Wrote,
0: what the hell is long-term spell damage? Um,
1: so remember when, uh, what's his nuts? Um, You're Gilderoy about to Lockhart. talk to him again. Huh?
3: You're about to talk to him again.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Gildroy Lockhart. So he cast the memory wiping charm. That's irreversible. So, like, it's... it's no, it's because he
3: did it with the broken wand.
1: Well, yeah. But what I'm saying is, like... A regular muggle human who is in a horrific car crash and sustains, like, serious brain damage to the point where they can't function without full-time care. Think of the wizarding equivalent of that, and that's what that word is for. It's long-term health care. Okay. Cheer up, kitten. It's Christmas, and you don't want to make Neville feel worse, Sirius said forcing her to nod, swallowing down her guilt, and put on a holiday-worthy smile. Hello there, a blonde wizard said as he jumped out at the group, startling Harry to the point that he pulled his wand in shock. Would you like an autograph? Maya's mouth fell open. Holy shit, she mumbled, as she stared into the blank, innocent-looking face of Gilderoy Lockhart. How come we always forget that he's here? Isn't that the winker that's on the cover of all those books Molly likes to read? Sirius asked, staring at the man who was appraising his outfit with interest. Oi, back up, pal. That's not Sirius's voice, but I can't do it properly because of the sinus infection. I'm sorry. Sirius, he's broken. Maya quietly scolded him. He was the defense professor we had during second year, the one that had the memory charm backfire on him. Sirius raised a brow. "'This is the tosser you used to fancy?' <laughs> "'I blushed, an embarrassment in shame.'" "'I totally forgot about that part.'" <laughs> <laughs> "'Did you know that I'm the five-time winner of Witch Weekly's Most Charming Smile Award?' Gilderoy inquired with a flashing grin. "'Yeah, well, I'm Witch Weekly's most eligible bachelor,' Sirius said smugly, as though he were competing." "'When Maya cleared her throat and narrowed her eyes, he amended his statement. "'I was the most recent eligible bachelor. "'Now I'm happily engaged to this sexy witch,' he said, "'trying to rub it in the man's face. "'Good gracious, man,' Gilderoy chuckled. "'Aren't you old enough to be her father?' "'Sirius growled, and Maya dragged him away from her former professor. "'Sirius, honestly, be an adult for once in your life, please.' "'I... Have the most charming smile. Yes, love, very charming. <laughs> hey, guys, Neville called to his friends and dashed over to hug Luna and Maya before shaking Harry and Sirius' hands. Glad you could make it. Mum and Dad'll be thrilled. Maya frowned. Neville, aren't they? Oh, "'Yeah, but I think they get happier around the holidays. "'Plus, I just introduced them to Hannah, "'and Mum seems to be humming a bit more. I-, "'I think she likes her,' he said with a blush to his cheeks. "'Maya hugged Neville tightly. "'You look so much like your father,' she whispered.
2: "'Would
1: you like to see them?' "'She nodded and quietly allowed herself "'to be led down the small hallway to the end of the aisle "'where the long bottoms were gathered, "'sitting on the edge of a bed.'
0: Wait, pause. I'm confused. What is wrong with Neville's parents?
1: So they were, um, and this is canon in the original series, um, Bellatrix Lestrange, her husband, and Barty Crouch Jr. tortured them with the and Cruciatus Curse until Ridolphus, they went insane.
3: But, uh, her husband and her brother-in-law. Oh, both yes. Lestrange brothers and Barty Crouch Jr.
1: Tortured the... Um,
3: Daylights out of them.
1: Yeah. Um, and basically made them...
3: torture them to insanity. Yeah. With Cruciatus.
1: Yeah, so they're uh, like they're not really there. They don't really talk. They're just they've been reduced to the level of like two. Brain damage. Yeah, yeah. It's super severe brain damage. They just they need full time care. They can't be out on their own. It's it's bad. Augusta Longbottom sat in the corner of the room wearing that hideous stuffed vulture hat. And Maya grimaced as she recalled the bird when it had been alive. She gasped at the sight of her friends sitting together, white-haired and sallow-skinned. Frank was holding onto Alice's hand tightly while she smiled blankly up at Hannah Abbott, who was eagerly telling them both wondrous stories about Neville during their seventh year at Hogwarts when he had taken charge of Dumbledore's army. Augusta looked proud as she listened to the tales. "'Gran, do you remember Maya Potter?' Neville asked. Augusta looked Maya over carefully, and then, as she eyed Sirius at Maya's side, the pieces seemed to fit together for her. Doria's girl. Your parents were lovely people, she said matter-of-factly. Yours, she glanced at Sirius, were wretched. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) I do love that. Your parents were great. You're sucked.
3: (laughs) So, matter-of-fact, I do love Augusta in this.
1: Agreed, Sirius said with a chuckle. Mum. Neville asked, taking Alice's hand. "'Someone's come to visit you. Old friends,' he added quietly, tossing a smile of appreciation to Hannah, who beamed back at him with love in her eyes. Alice turned and looked wide-eyed at Maya, who immediately broke under the empty gaze of her friend and fell to the bed next to her. "'Oh, Alice, I'm so sorry.' She cried, burying her face in her hands, unable to look at her friends in such a state, knowing that she should have done something to stop this from happening. Jamie and Lily were one thing. Harry needed to be protected, but she could have stopped Alice and Frank from being tortured. Uh, Um, Hermione? Neville whispered. Maya looked up, glassy-eyed into Alice's vacantly smiling face. Alice blinked rapidly, her gaze darting back and forth as she reached for an empty sweet wrapper. She handed three to her son. Neville frowned, looking down at the wrappers in his hands. Sorry, guys, she she does this. I remember, Harry inclined his head. What does it mean? Neville shrugged. "Her, Her way of giving me a gift? She scratches at the papers, though. Healers used to think that she was trying to communicate, but the only letters that she'd leave behind were I, A, and M. We tried asking her, I am what, but nothing ever came of it. "'Holy fuck!' Sirius whispered, and ignored the scowl that Augusta gave him. "'She's not spelling I am, are you beautiful?' he asked Alice, grinning at her. "'You're spelling Maya!' Alice hummed at him and then turned her head toward Maya, widening her eyes further. "'It can't be that simple,' Maya whispered. "'What?' Maya—' Fuck. "'What?' "'Neville was asking, looking terrified. "'What's wrong?' "'Neville, I... I taught your parents occlumency. I, "'I knew what was going to happen to them, "'so I put up barriers around the pain-sensory area of the mind,' she said, "'not knowing better words for what she had done. I, "'I'd already been tortured by Bellatrix myself, "'so I knew where those memories were stuck, "'and I didn't want... I didn't want your parents to suffer more than I knew they would,' "'she said, her voice breaking.' Merlin, please let this work, she whispered, and reached for her wand, staring into Alice's large eyes. Legilimens! Should have stayed in hiding, Longbottoms! Bellatrix yelled, laughing as she aimed her wand at the young couple. Not that it would have done you any good. The Potter stayed hidden, and they're still dead! So's your dark lord, Frank spat bitterly.
3: "'You watch your mouth, you filthy blood traitor!'
1: "'Bellatrix screamed.
2: "'Crucio!' "'Frank!'
1: Alice yelled as Rodolphus Lestrange held him down. Her own arms, held back by Barty Crouch Jr., were throbbing, and she was certain that one of her shoulders had been dislocated. When word reached them that the Potter's death and the destruction of Voldemort, Frank and Alice mistakenly thought it was safe to leave their Fidelius protected home. Leaving Neville behind with Frank's mother, the Longbottoms had planned to go and seek out Dumbledore to learn of Harry's whereabouts. They had heard rumours that something happened with Sirius, and there was some mix-up with an arrest which had not been too surprising. Sirius had a habit of getting himself arrested. Unfortunately, they never made it to Dumbledore. They had been accosted barely a block from their home, stunned and dragged away where they were tortured, not for information, but for revenge. Somehow, Voldemort was dead, and his Death Eaters had scattered to the wind as oars rained down upon them. The four decided... These four decided to give a little back to the oars, which was exactly what they said when they first attacked. You... Alice screamed and spat towards Bellatrix, who turned on her, wand-raised. "'You'd like a taste, then, sweetheart,' Bella sneered. "'Hide, hide away,' Frank mumbled incoherently as Rabastan and Lestrange approached him, one aimed with a cruciatus at the ready. "'Hide away,' he said again, as Alice prepared herself for the pain to come once more. And they hid away.' hid far, far away behind the barriers that Maya constructed. Reducto, Maya whispered. Hold on. Shh, whish, whish, whish. Reducto, Maya whispered. Alice gasped loudly and fell forward into Maya's arms and, unsupported, they both collapsed to the floor. Neville and Sirius both rushed to help them. Maya was wincing and holding her head and Alice was breathing heavily and coughing as she struggled to sit up. Mum, are you all right?' Neville asked as he pulled her up in his arms. Alice looked up. In a hoarse voice, no longer used to speaking, she whispered, "'Neville!' At the sound of his mother's voice, Neville's lip quivered, and he hugged her desperately, ignoring the stares of everyone else in the room. Augusta began screaming for healers, calling them all idiots and incompetent fools who didn't think to even try legitimacy, and she would certainly be speaking to the hospital board about this. End scene.
0: What the hell was that?
1: Uh, that was Maya unfucking up Neville's parents.
0: No, that was Shia having this nice tender moment that, I want to speak to your management. It's like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>
1: Augusta there's there's Karen and then there's Sharon and then there's Augusta and that is not a, me being mean about anybody with those names but like those are what come to mind when I think of people who want to talk to managers. I love you all and I'm mm. sure you have very nice names. Also if your name's Sharon also for those of you who think why does Sharon sound familiar remember Marie calendars and the pumpkin pie Oh, that's right <laughs> and that is why Sharon is above Karen. Because Sharon blasted Marie Callender's for ruining Thanksgiving dinner when Sharon decided to yeet her pie into the sun for 50 days and then didn't understand why it was burnt. <laughs> <laughs> <Boy. sighs> good times, good times. Oh, uh, that's the episode. Now let's go thank our patrons. Our November Foxes are Muggle Trucker, Tyler Maria, Anthony, Professor Magana Got It Going On, Claire Soothes My ADHD Goblin Brain, Tori, Stacy, Patrick, Leanne, Camille, Martina, Shannon, Atlas, Sandra, Morgan, Nicole, Kayla, Claire, Amber, Jordan, Sarah, Crystal, Kenny, Ryland, Carissa, April, Kalen, Carly, Diana, Karina, Melissa, Kara, Audrey, Sarah, another one for the baby jar, Ryder, Tessa, Cauldron Mist, and Samantha. Thank you again to all of our patrons. We appreciate your support so, so much, especially during this holiday season. And that being said, whatever holidays you may celebrate, be it Christmas, Yule, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, absolutely nothing, I hope it's wonderful for you. And if I am missing holidays, please let me know. I am always interested in learning about other cultures. And until next time, we will see you... I don't know why I said that. That was real
3: weird. weird. Please don't. Please start over that nonsense.
2: And we will see you next. Fire whiskey Friday. Whatcha? What in the anime
3: was that? (laughs) Whatcha? Tongue out.
2: Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire Whiskey and Honey.
1: A special thank you to Shia Lani for allowing us to read your story.
2: And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes.
1: You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod.
2: And on Twitter at FWHpodcast.
1: And on our website, FWHpod.com.
2: If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts.
1: Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you.
2: See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.
0: say that your hobbies don't help you in life one of my assignments last week i had to pretend i was making a podcast and i had to interview this fake character called bruce smith so i wrote out a script and i made my dad role play with me so i could record the audio so i wasn't talking to myself so when we were done my dad's like did you write this and i was like yes i wrote this i have to turn it in as part of the audio and he goes this is really good it really flowed and I like your choice of wording and how you made it like a conversation I said daddy I've been podcasting for three, three years. years what do you think I'm doing <laughs> do he's like wow have any idea that's how, actually helping do your parents have any idea how successful the podcast is I I, I don't know and I was just like yeah this is actually kind of helping with my writing lately and he was like yeah I can tell <laughs> Just, like, Jesus Christ, man. I really want you to,
1: like, record your dad's reaction when you tell him our podcast has 230,000
2: downloads. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>